bad that I really want uh, old discoveries or kits now and merch. No, I want it too, actually. Yeah. They've got a hat. It's just a soccer ball on DC or DSC. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. You think it'd be wrong to steal a hat from a child? <laughs> well, maybe if you just ask them nicely, they'll give it to you. Or, hey, trade. Trade your. But, hey, this is going to be your new club. You should give me the old one. You could trick a child. Well, I paid 30 bucks for this hat. <laughs> <laughs> that hat definitely is worth 30 bucks. Oh, my God. It is so cool in here. Yeah, it's nice. You think uh, if we just leave this equipment out afterwards, they'll let us stay in the press box for the game? That one, they, they don't know who we are, and they're not stopping us. So. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. Welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is Chris Davis, and joining me as always is the soccer goose himself. It's Ben Gosthorn. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. I am uh, oh. sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating. It's the summer, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I guess that's soccer season for you. Sweating mm-hmm. in the soccer season is pretty normal. So. Indeed, indeed. We're actually about to watch uh, the last regular season game of the year, as far as amateur goes, as uh, Discovery's host... Uh, Dalton Red Wolves. I almost yeah. said Chattanooga Red Wolves because they came in on a Chattanooga bus. Ben wanted to shake his fist angrily at the bus, but people were sitting in there looking at us funny. Yeah, so we may wait until nobody's in the yeah. bus. So some snarky uh, tweet eventually will come yeah. out. Maybe, maybe not. But anyways, um, so yeah, we're out here about to watch this game, and uh, we have an awesome interview for you guys with uh, Kenny Hollis. Yeah. Am I saying that? Hollis. Hollis. Yeah. My bad, Kenny. Um, I'm, I'm bad with pronouncing names sometimes. But, uh, yeah, Kenny talked with us about, yeah, silence your phone, sir. My bad. We're amateurs here. So, <laughs> uh, we, we had an awesome interview with him. Kenny is the GM of both the New League 2 side and the WPSL side. And uh, mm-hmm. as some of you listeners may or may not know, Discoveries is one of three local youth clubs in the, around the Charlotte area that are merging to become part of an independent soccer club uh, yep. under the Charlotte Independence <clears throat> of USL Championship. So uh, we talked to him a little bit about that. He couldn't give us too much details, though, but we did get some good things. Yep. And then uh, after you guys hear that interview, we'll tell you all about how the game went and then what's gone on in this final crazy uh, week of the regular season for League Two, as well as the NPSL playoffs. So here's that interview. And joining us now is Kenny Hallis, uh, from uh, GM for Discoveries for both the League Two and WPSL sides. Kenny, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you. Looking forward to it. So before we get into who the Discoveries are and what your guys' mission is, I'd like to know a little bit about you and uh, what's your background in soccer and what's led you to become uh, GM of uh, you know League Two and WPSL club. Uh, okay. Well, I um, started um, with a club in, in town here called Palmetto United and, and transitioned over to Discoveries about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been a coach there as well as um, operations um, point person for Discoveries um, in this area here for a while now. So I work a lot in the club and I also coach mm-hmm. um, at Discoveries and coach here at Nation Ford High School. Mm-hmm. I'm the varsity coach here. So um, wear a couple different hats. I gotcha. So you're just... Uh You've been working with uh, youth a lot, you know, both on the coaching and then I guess on the general management side of things and just your passion and 
Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. What brought you to it? Yeah. Cool. So uh, tell us a little bit about Discoveries, because to be honest, I think the only thing me and Ben know about it as Independence fans is that it's pretty much like in Fort Mill, Rock Hill area, and both uh, Enzo and Alex Martinez were involved with it. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I don't think we know too much about it. So. Yeah, I, I think like the the extent of my knowledge is that it was like a youth structure before, and now it's kind of expanding to League Two, of course, and, and that type of thing. But yeah, just give us like a summary of what happened before then, I guess. Yeah, so um, Discoveries has been in the Rock Hill area um, for quite a while, and it's expanded into Fort Mill, TKK, mm. Lancaster area. So we have... Um, before the, the independence merger with the Rapids and Lake Norman, we had probably around 50, 55 teams, and we've slowly been growing into um, putting our teams in more national platforms. Mm -hmm. So the Development Academy, um, NPL, and this year we were awarded ECNL on the boys' side. So mm -hmm. um, our club has really grown to where um, we have a solid youth program, um, and we have uh, recreation relationships with Fort Mill, TUK, Rock Hill, um, so we're, it's all levels, mm -hmm. and the opportunity of the independence came along um, to kind of create the entire player pathway, mm -hmm. and with we had similar thoughts and direction that Rapids and Lake Norman had, and um, Thomas, uh, Thomas and um, Chad from Lake Norman, and then Dave from Discoveries, the three of them got together, and, um, you know, after quite a few conversations, boom, we're all one, one group going together. Um, with this entire player platform from all the way from recreation and U6s all the way up to uh, the first team. Oh, there you go. You mm -hmm. answered my, uh, my next question is what the, the extent of the, the levels would be. But yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I definitely want to learn more about the whole the merger and the independent soccer club. But before that, Discoveries themselves, you guys have, um, this is your first year in League Two. Well, what, what, what made you guys decide to join League Two and, you know, what was the thought process behind that? Morning? Yeah, How's it's it been, it's, it was, um, it wasn't just a one day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was, um, we actually applied for it two years ago mm -hmm. and were awarded the franchise. And um, we had that and the WPSL awards at the same time. Mm -hmm. And what we decided was we wanted to kind of dip our foot in and do the WPSL first. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so we did that in year one. And then the next year we did USL. So it kind of gave us a little bit of a feel of what, what to do mm -hmm. and understand how to do and how to recruit the players. And we knew the USL timeline to recruit players was a little bit longer than the WPSL anyway right. from the conversations we had had with other clubs. So um, kind of that was the plan. And then um, we put it together a little team to start building out the USL 2 stuff um, after we went down to the um, – AGM down in Florida, I think it was like November, December. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where we started to really pick up steam and understand what we had to do and set our schedule and, and met all the other teams. And, and really, that whole league, everyone works together. It's, while there, it's competition on the field, it's really all of the clubs um, sharing information together on yeah. what's the best practices, how to launch it, what to do. And, and that's where we spent a lot of our time was mm -hmm. trying to figure out how we were going to build it, and we didn't want it to be like a flash in the pan. We really wanted to build something that where we're bringing players from Discovery's youth um, or past players and bring them in and start there. And then our idea is to be able to integrate it in with the independents and utilize yeah. opportunities for these guys to get player development and um, 
get opportunities with the independents, practice with them, see see them, you know, mm-hmm. see that professional. So that as they're building, most of the guys we have are college players, and they see that pathway. They see, mm-hmm. you know, they get to ask Enzo or Alex or any of the independents players what that looks like, you know, when they're on the field. That's where yes. the real relationships start. So that was kind of um, how we built it and, you know, the steps along the way. Yeah, very cool. Um, so one thing I'm really curious on, because maybe this is a normal thing, but I can't say that I've run into a GM for both a WPSL club and a League Two club. So what would you say maybe the benefits <laughs> of that would be, having just one role for yourself, or two yeah. roles, I guess you could say, for one person? Uh, but what would be the negative sides of that, too, I guess you could say? Uh, well, the positives were we at least had um, synergy in how we were building things for both programs, WPSL yeah. and USL, and we were able to use the experiences from WPSL to launch the USL. Um, mm-hmm. There were lots of learnings, and there's a lot to, I mean, right now we're sitting in its empty stadium, and it's two and a half hours for, or two hours for game time, but there's so much that goes into setting it up yeah. and, mm-hmm. and doing all that. I mean, we were here last yesterday, and we were here today getting stuff ready, and you kind of learn by all the requirements that the league has, the things you have to do, and there's a timeline for all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of leads to the, the challenge, and um, I always tease Dave and, and kind of knock it around with the guys in the office. So, like, when we go down to Tormenta, they have, like, 30 interns working. Yeah. You know, the Eagles <laughs> have five and 10 people, you know, doing all the things, and we have, you'll see there's, like, you're looking at it, right? And then there's, <laughs> like, if I can pick three or four of them out of, out of uh, my family or some friends to come help us or kids at yeah. the high school. And that's kind of the learning thing. So um, we we didn't build a big staff because it's our first year and we didn't have a big pocketbook to go do things. We mm-hmm. had a, you know, our thing was uh, even, like, do we charge admission? Well, that required another two staff people to do that. So we went yeah. the other direction. And we said, you know, we just want people to come because we want to get the game day mm-hmm. stuff right. So then when people come, we're, doing, we're executing effectively yeah. when we have people in front of us. So it's kind of a building block, and I think next year we'll have, you know, we'll have a mothership that can provide us um, a little bit more resources. Time is another yeah. big thing, right? So now we have a full year of understanding what it takes yeah. to, to run game day, and now I know I need five people or six people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, full time, you know, because it, it's just... Let's open that locker room, that locker room, and all the things that go with it. So really good learnings for us. Um, the drawbacks are you need you do need a staff. Yeah, you can um, only be in one place at one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's been really good, though. It's been a really good experience. I know the guys have enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like if we took a poll of them, we'd get a large percentage of them wanting to come back just from the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We weren't able to house everybody like some of the other clubs are able to do, and provide a lot of those extra things and we're just doing the basics and we're trying to do them really well hmm. gotcha so, yeah. so you've, it's almost mm-hmm. like this season not that you haven't been you know taking it seriously but almost from an operation standpoint it's been a, a learning curve type thing huh? yeah absolutely I mean, that's really interesting yeah we it's been the first time we were i'm sure if you asked those guys i was running on like crazy two hours for game time. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit more calm because I know ex- what to expect, and mm-hmm. I feel like, I, can, I mean, look at the two guys are down there on the bench with their arms spread out. So mm-hmm. they know what's going to happen today. <laughs> they know we got it covered, where the first week I would have had them doing something. So yeah, uh, we, we have a little yeah. bit more confidence in what we're doing. It's good. Um, and, and it's slowly building um, each and every time we've been out here. Yeah. So I think you've answered this question, but just to maybe clarify it um, for myself and everyone else, 
Uh, how long have you had the WPSL club? We've had WPSL for Discoveries for two years. Two years now. And okay. USL League 2, this is our inaugural year. Yeah. And then uh, what would you say are their specific goals with having that WPSL club? And then maybe, why did mm. you, I guess you kind of answered this, but was there an intentionality between starting the WPSL club above the League 2 club? Other than um, what you've experienced. Yeah, the, the biggest thing, um, we, knew, we saw the requirements for WPSL as far as game day and preparation were just, there was a little bit less yeah. than there was on USLE too because we had seen it with um, PDL franchises and, and you have Coast FA, we know them yeah. well. So um, I talked to those guys quite a bit and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, you got, it's, a, it's workhorse time yeah. when you're there. Yeah. So do you, WPSL was a little bit less on requirement side and then it, it, that one popped it and got us in play a little bit quicker um, because our girls program has been growing really strong mm-hmm. at Discoveries. And so we had this, um, we had our older teams qualifying for nationals. And our first year, we really used it as a, a training tool for some of those regional teams to mm-hmm. get extra training, brought in some college players, but really used some of our youth in the WPSL. This year, our WPSL took a different step. And it was more some of those kids coming back, mm-hmm. um, which because now they were in college and mm, and yeah. some more college players. So we took little building blocks on the WPSL. Yeah. Um, the USL, the way we staffed the team or we built the team was a lot different than um, WPSL. It mm. was um, it, it was, there was a lot of strategy because of the money side of things um, being a little bit different for the USL League Two stuff. So we we, we drew a four-hour circumference around our area, used the players that were in our town um, that had played here before and were off at schools, and we contacted those those schools and those mm-hmm. players and college coaches and, and really worked as a partnership versus uh, and really went to the college coaches first and asked permission and then yeah. built out, okay, now we, we've got this relationship and they know us and they, we've sent some of our players to their schools and really utilized that and then kind of build it one, two, two here, two there, and before you knew it, we were at 24, 25, 26 kids. Wow. Yeah. So. so one thing that made us uh, very interested to come down here, of course, is the uh, the announcement of the, I guess you could say, merger between uh, the Discoveries, uh, Lake Norman, Carolina Rapids, yeah. uh, becoming, in essence, the Charlotte Independence Soccer Club. Um was wondering what you could tell us about that merger, maybe like a timeline of when news will come out for that uh, big picture merger. I yeah. Guess you could say. So um, everybody is working uh, pretty fur- furious right now. We've um, all of the, the as far as what you'll see on the field, the players' uniforms and all of that. Um, our national teams um, and all of our club teams are all going to be branded with Charlotte Independence uniforms. Um, so that is all went the the naming conventions and everything for all the teams through tryouts. Um, everybody is branded Charlotte Independence, so really positive there. Yeah. And then what we're doing is we're really working through all of the things on the backside operationally and how we fit it all together. And that's probably more like a six, nine, twelve month time frame. Yeah, something um, we're doing in the off season. Yeah, yeah. Right? All the stuff behind the scenes, but we tried to get everything on the front that you could see. Charlotte, Charlotte Independence, and get that working effectively, yeah. and and get our coaches up to speed, and all of our directors, and really have um, when we launch, you know, our season starts. Most of the teams start practicing August fifth. When that happens, mm-hmm. when the balls roll out, we we're, we're rolling together, mm-hmm. and that's really the big thing that I think is going to be a benefit. Our national platform teams that are DA, ECNL, MPL, um, those teams are going to have. 
um, a large benefit because they've been able to cross a larger area for those top-level teams. But all of the rest of the teams, the second and third and fourth level teams, they are all benefiting as well because, you know, if somebody was short, you have a bigger pool to, to bring somebody mm -hmm. over, um, as well as coaches get to cross over and, and work with different people and you start exposing people to different thoughts. So there's a lot of upside for this. Yeah. Um, and then I think ultimately we'll have a good connect point over to the first team. You know, we've, yeah. we've done a, a night out there um, at the Charlotte Independence um, for a game, and a lot yeah. of the, the youth guys were able to go. So I think the benefits are starting. You know, they'll come slowly, but they're surely coming. Um, and everybody's really excited. That's, that's the fun part. Yeah, I think it kind of would imagine would be a ripple effect of just excitement as far as unifying under one thing. Because I think one thing I've kind of noticed is, and I guess you could assume this as well, there may be a little bit of competitiveness in the different academies and youth structures and things like that. Yeah. Um, would you say that that's one of the main reasons that it may be a benefit to, to unify under one umbrella? or Yeah, I think, yeah, just to have those I pooled think it's, resources? yeah, no, I think the pooled resources is going to help everybody. I think at the, certainly at the top teams, um, you get a wider area to generate um, more players and more competition. But we have multiple layers and multiple levels of competition. And so all of the players benefit from the resource pooling, from the ability. I mean, we were putting every kid in Charlotte Independence uniforms this year. That is a, like um, Chad and, and Thomas and Dave. For them to pull that off and work with Adidas and the partnerships that we'll have to be able to do that is pretty special. Hmm. I mean, that, that's not usually uniforms are a nine 12 month process this thing happened in two months oh, I mean, wow, so yeah. you know to get all these guys all the kids i think that'll really generate a lot of electricity when we start moving forward here so now with, with this merger and everything um i looked on the website and i saw like there seems to be like these kind of four regions like a independence north south east west and um I was wondering what specifically is going to be your role within independent soccer. I'm going to be the operations director for the South Region, mm -hmm. which is um, essentially the Rock Hill, Fort Mill, TUK, over in the Matthews area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately, I say we're we're broken into those four categories, but I the thing is everybody's working together. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I I think we get like a lot of times. Um, we get stuck into a title. But I think the great thing that I've seen is everybody really pulling to working together. I have a, a counterpart that's doing the North, and um, Scott is awesome. I mean, it's mm -hmm. we're constantly talking every day, and we're doing things together. So mm -hmm. it's just it's just where we're naturally understanding the area, and as we kind of bring our culture together and, and create one culture, um, we'll learn and, and things will, we'll be able to maximize and be efficient within our teams. Cool. And, than the areas. Cool. So it's like you're, it sounds like your job's kind of similar to what it was beforehand with a little more region with Matthews there. And instead of you competing with those guys, like Ben was saying, you were saying you're collaborating with them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. A lot of collaboration, a lot of sharing of information, lots of best practices, um, similar reservations for field. I mean, think of all the fields we have in our areas now. It's yeah. insane what we're doing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're making it so it's efficient for our customers, which are our players and parents. Yeah. To be able to, you know, they're in busy lives, so how can we make their lives even easier and mm. still let them go and, and ultimately enjoy the game? Mm. That's what that end of day what's about. Okay, so with you also being the GM of League Two, 
with next year, is there anything you can tell us about how it's going to look? I mean, I, I can't imagine you guys will be called Discoveries next year. Are you going to be like independent U23s or something to that? Yeah, point? I think um, we actually have some meetings coming up in the next couple of weeks to figure that out. The league certainly, um, I've been communicating with them so that they're aware, you know, we're both on the same page that, hey, when this season ends, then, then is the right time to sit down and, and talk about how it'll be structured next year. Mm -hmm. um, I would think it'll be, um, we'll take a lot of the learnings. Um, Mike Jeffries has been great with mm -hmm. us. Um, he's been involved. He's been at some of the practices. He's, we've had probably 12 players, 11, 12 players attend their practices. Um, so there's been a lot of integration. Um, I think next year we'll have that integration in, even more into the first team. Um, this year we're playing here at Nation Ford. We'll probably play, you know, we're not sure where we'll play next year. Maybe right. it's here, maybe it's at Matthew Sportsplex, maybe it's somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, we'll work in tandem with where they're going. And, and build that plan out together. I think the ultimate benefit and one of the messages I like to have to the guys that we have this year is you guys have, they have a step in the door, right? They at least have a connect point to yeah. that team already. So I think we're going to draw more interest of yeah. players around. It's not going to just be our area. I think we'll draw some others, kind of like what yeah. Tormenta does. Especially that when, when you have the, the coach of the independents, GM, whatever yeah. his role will be in the future, because we don't know necessarily... <laughs> Um, but it's cool to see him at practice because then that can give them yeah, an extra He knows time. all these guys. He knows yeah. them by name. So oh, yeah. um, the connect point is great, and um, he's been awesome. And we'll sit down with them and, and draw that plan out together. And, you know, do we, we've learned a lot. We've done double and triple headers. Um, as you guys know, we did yeah. a double header with the Eagles. They've been great. Yeah. They've almost been a partner, to be honest oh, yeah. with you. I mean, we've worked a lot with them. They're great to work with. Um, and so we've done the WPSL games, then a USL game. We've done an Eagles WPSL game, uh, Discovery's WPSL game, then an Independence. You know, maybe that's what it is next year. It's Independence games at the top, and these games come a little earlier. So lots of opportunities. On the WPSL side, um, we definitely have to sit down and, and go through yeah. with the league what how that looks. Yeah, that's one thing that I was wondering. Next question. <laughs> I think every one of those uh, clubs that are mergers have a WPSL club. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, all three of so. us have one. And so super um, team. Yeah, we'll, we're going to have a super team. We're going to have the. We'll have a really good team for sure. And the WPSL, the league is. Um, I even I know from our last AGM that they're considering a. A promotion relegation system, and because the number of teams that yeah. are there are that are in that league, and they've expanded, and the Bantams has a WPSL next year, yeah. yep. so we'll have them, and I believe um, CSA might be in their name might be in the half for one. So wherever that ends up, that's you know yeah. at the end of the day, it's great for more opportunities for the ladies to play, and we'll sit down and see what the landscape of the league looks like, and then the landscape of the three of our teams and. You know, does it become one powerhouse with two teams? On end of the day, it's about a lot of times it's the college um, ladies coming home and wanting to keep stay in shape and work on their game and, and get better in the summer and then be a part of another family. So um, we'll see what you know lies ahead and what's the best way to build it. We don't want to go and say now we're going to go from three to two and have a north and a south. I don't think we'll do something yeah. like that. I think it'll yeah. be more. A lot more detailed conversations, understanding really where the league wants to go too. Yeah, that's important. Because it's a partnership. Um, yeah. It's not just like us driving it down their throat or what we want to do. We really yeah. want to make it work for the area and for the league. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that all sounds good. I don't think I have any other questions. I don't know about you, Ben, but no, I'm yeah. just as I mean, 
this podcast isn't an independence podcast, but we're both independent supporters, so we're really interested to see how this merger is going to work all the way from youth up to, you know, amateur soccer because, you know, that's something that we love and um, just can't wait to see how it turns out. So I guess we'll see a little bit more later on this fall or next year. Absolutely, yeah. It'll keep cool. growing. Well, thank you so much Thank for you guys time. for your time. Thanks. Thanks again to Kenny for joining us on the podcast. And uh, we actually have just finished watching the game, and it was pretty awesome, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, two, I guess, somewhat early goals. Um, yeah, I think the first was around the 10th minute, and the second was like 21st, 22nd minute. Yeah. And they were both insane. Yeah. One was like a volley in the box, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, did not necessarily expect it to go on frame, but it did. Oh, I thought you were talking about the first goal. You're talking about the second goal? No, the first goal. Oh, you didn't I mean, the first one go in? I mean, uh, considering the the severity of the volley. Like, right, I mean, right, right. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was fantastic, though. I mean, yeah, they were both fantastic. Yeah. Um, second one was like a dip. Like, it looked like it was going to go through the field goal post. Yeah. And rise, and it just dipped. Beautifully. And dipped. <laughs> and dipped some more. And, uh, yeah, it was gorgeous. Basically fell right into the top right corner. Yeah, I think the goalkeeper, like, thought it was going out. I thought it was going out. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think everybody did, honestly. Um, But it was uh, two fantastic goals. Do you uh, remember the names of those players? Oh. Uh, um, Number nine scored the first and number 14 scored the second. But I, we had trouble finding the names, but then you um, found them somewhere. uh, Stalling for time, stalling for time. I could edit this out, but I won't. Four time, number nine. Number nine. Sydney Warden. Mm Mm-hmm. And number 14, mm-hmm. Ryan Graham. Ryan Graham. So, oh, someone's waving at us. Hang on. And someone just asked us if there was a stream of the game. Uh, there was not. They are <laughs> recording, though. Um, but I think it's just for their own, I guess, use. Purposes, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, I guess they're not scouting at this point. Maybe maybe early props for next year? I don't know. But anyways, maybe, uh, yeah, the game something. was fantastic. And I will say... Uh, for the other side, the Red Wolves, um, we didn't look up his name either, but number seven yeah. looked phenomenal. He yeah, uh, had lots of, like, I would say, like, he was just dribbling past guys and just couldn't quite get there uh, in the final yeah. third, you know, like, just always seemed to be, like, one move or two away from putting a beautiful shot on goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, It's definitely been pretty balanced, I mean, all things considered, mm-hmm. uh, other than those two wonder goals. Yeah. Um, very well could be USL League two goal of the week. Potential. Yeah, so yeah, there were like evidence, but as that lady just asked, there is no strength. Yeah, it's true. I guess you do have to have evidence to get goal of the week. In my mind and heart, they are both goal of the week. Oh yeah, the the, the second one is particular. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 was insane. Yep, wild. So Ben, uh, some crazy games happened this week to finish off the regular season. But before we talk about the League Two regular season, uh, tell us what happened in that um, Southeast playoff tournament uh yeah for NPSL. um luckily enough i was able to watch the, the Asheville greenville game yeah it got uh, delayed right it did yeah i think it got delayed maybe like 30-ish mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. but i was able to watch the majority of the uh uh the match there um it was competitive back and forth honestly um mm. i mean it was, it was a little chippy at times i mean un, unsurprisingly i mean well, I think usually half four people were sent off in the last game yeah uh last time they played but um yeah, all things considered, it was a, a balanced game, but it, it kind of felt like a game that was going to go to penalties, in all honesty, mm-hmm. um, or definitely into extra time, which mm-hmm. it did. Um, but Greenville had a ton of chances. They mm-hmm. just couldn't quite convert them, unfortunately, uh, which was a little bit disappointing. But 
I mean, they definitely were allowed to do a lot yeah. um, by Asheville's uh, game plan to kind of not necessarily sit back, but um, the chances were definitely in uh, chances in possession. I would assume we were definitely in Greenville's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, just fortunately didn't get one through. I think it was through a corner. Eventually, Asheville did get a uh, a headed goal through. Uh, Jamie Smith, center back. That sounds right. Yeah, was the uh, the Asheville City. Uh, I don't want to call him legend, but game winner, hero, uh, villain, depending on what side you Helping are. Helping Asheville secure the undisputed Carolina Classico and keg of the covenant. Yeah, we'll still no never more uh, away goals complaints from Greenville fans. Yeah, we'll never. <laughs> um, I don't know. You sounded pretty definitive last week. Uh, no, it's totally going to count. Yeah, who's to say? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, all thing. I mean, hats off to Asheville, though. Uh, in all seriousness, they they got the goal. Um, they, um, yeah, they got the win. Uh, and then I think the following day, which is still crazy to me, yes. uh, Chattanooga beat the well, the same day I should say. Chattanooga beat International. I think like four one. Yeah, a lot like that. They did get a red card in the match, so they did have one of their players miss, miss the next game, which mm. is interesting um i think the guy actually was in the capo stand for the chattahooligans the next day which is kind of funny but uh yeah also the uh um what's a capo you mean capo 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 stand whatever i don't know soccer things <laughs> um but yeah to I make a long story long. short uh chattanooga did end up beating Asheville four one um, yeah. And they That's did what get the, when you feel the protein. Yeah, the right. I mean, it's, yeah. I imagine the the bench for Chattanooga was a little bit deeper. Yeah. So um, a lot more rotation, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a little bit of a more competitive competitive advantage too. Um, not unfairly, but they were at home, so I mean. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, too. They did win the division, so. But uh, that's yeah. off to them. Congrats to Chattanooga for once again winning the Southeast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, moving on from there, unless there's anything else you had to say. No, that, that, that'll, that'll be it. Um, we had uh, finally some things settled in the League Two. Uh, Deep South came down to the last game where uh, Bantams hosted Tumenta, and Tumenta did win 1 0. Uh, therefore, Tumenta did win. Uh, they claimed back to back Deep South champions, so I guess. They took Are they technically back to back though? That's what they're claiming. So I, I guess I just thought about I that. guess two men has taken Tormenta's uh history. Oh, they're stealing their history. Mm, from themselves. So I guess it kinda works. Yeah, I guess so. It's the same but, books. So. Uh, but never fear Bantam's fans. Uh, you did get the one wild card spot in the yeah. uh, s- southern division. Um, as of recording, we haven't seen where they're being hosted. Or the matchups, really, that's been listed. I mean, I guess you could probably figure it out. I don't really know how it works. It probably depends yeah. on the host. Like, I imagine the host team does the wild card opponent, whereas the other two d- division winners would face off, I'm guessing. Yeah. That's what I would want if I was hosting. I would think so. But um, other than that, I'm not really sure how it's going to work. Uh, so it should be this weekend coming up when you're listening. And as soon as we see some details, we'll tweet it out. Hopefully they'll be hosted by teams that can actually stream. I would imagine that would be a League 2 requirement. I would hope so. Yeah, I would. Um, so that's what's going to happen there. But South Atlantic got a lot clearer after midweek games. Uh, the Otters got eliminated uh, with the next game they played, mm-hmm. as did Virginia Beach. Um, uh, so it yeah. came down to NCFC versus Fusion, and they played each other on Wednesday night. They did. And NCFC did do what they needed to do. They got the win. 
on like a last second goal too. Like they went oh. up, they went up two nothing with like in ten minutes, Damn. and then uh, Fusion fought back, to tied it up, and then I want to say it was a last second goal by NCFC that won three to two, but that only put NCFC one point above Fusion. The Fusion still have one game left. Had they lost or drawn to Virginia Beach, they uh, NCFC would still have won the title because they had the tiebreakers, but. Uh, Fusion stomped Virginia Beach 3 nothing, so they are the South Atlantic champions. <clears throat> yeah. So congratulations to the Fusion. We just saw them last week. Season. So feel good for them. Also, biasly, I just didn't want to see NCFC win it. Yep. I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, uh, the South Atlantic team, as we said, will not qualify for the second place team, will not qualify for playoffs. Mm. So NCFC are out of it. Mm. It's going to be the Fusion versus all the other Eastern Conference places at an undisclosed location at this time, mm. this upcoming weekend. Location to be determined. Yes. So um, I guess that's about it as far as uh, soccer talk, um, Benjamin. It's time for a question, and you're not driving this time. Oh, boy. Yeah. Frantically scroll through your phone because you okay. can't say all of them again. What is your BGN podcast of the week? Um. Wow, I was really not prepared for this. His app isn't loading. This, I don't My like. I literally ask loading. you this every week. My app isn't loading. I mean, you listen to a crazy amount of soccer I podcasts. To a lot of podcasts. He I, really does. I mean, we mentioned the League That's One. That's why I was fun. asking. We mentioned mm-hmm. the USL show. Yep. Uh, Raising Bulls. Did I mention Raising Bulls? No, I don't remember um, that. Is, is that a Baby do, Bull podcast? It is a Baby Bull podcast. I'm going to mention two Raising Bulls. Um, because it is a Baby Bulls or New York Red Bull 2. Like, specifically on 2? Yeah. Wow. It's really good. It, it, it's it's quite fantastic. Um, <clears throat> but I will say another one. River City 93. Yeah, I well. believe you've talked about them before. Have I? River City 93? The Richmond like Kickers one? Yeah, I think. Maybe not. Go ahead and talk about it again. Um, You're talking about 2. I know you haven't talked about the Baby Bulls one, so we'll talk about both. Yeah, but uh, River City 93, shout out to them. They, uh, they cover... The city that's in River, uh, <clears throat> next to a river. That was not a good transition. That's okay. Um, but yeah, they covered the Richmond Kickers, uh, League One. Good guys. They just did a uh, Lionsbridge episode because they are very close to Lionsbridge. Yeah, I saw. We um, did it first, guys. Yeah, but they were they were cool though. They shouted <laughs> us out. They mentioned us at the beginning of the podcast. So kudos to them. They run a good podcast. But Raging Bulls is also very good as well. Yeah. Um, I guess there's two on this week, maybe. But, so, uh, so with the, I'm really curious about the Baby Bulls podcast because, mm-hmm. like, I find. What was that noise? I don't know. It's only good. Right. So <laughs> the the, the well, So is it like do they interview players? Do they just mm-hmm. talk about the matches? What are they mm-hmm. all of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I oh, imagine I love it, it. Just like imagine it's a uh, talking jacks, but it's about. Talking bulls, but they also interview players because you yeah. only interview players. Well, now you're just getting, now you're just uh, getting. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not hating on you for it. I'm just, no, yeah, it's yeah. not like talking jacks. It's, yeah, it is. It's, plus, it's like talking interviews. jacks, but it's not like talking jacks at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good podcast. Uh, Joe Goldstein, um, good dude, mm. quality interaction. Their their intro song gets me going every time. So, well, I'm gonna definitely check that out. Um, so, uh, as far as what we're going to do going forward, we're going to try to watch the playoff games as they go and uh, talk about those a little bit. You guys know we're not too in-depth podcast, but we do like to especially focus on the end here to see how our teams in our area do. And we're also going to have a couple Patreon episodes. Uh, Grinch is going to be back. Uh, yeah. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to talk about. It might just be about kind of like what it's been like for him, uh, more or less being one of the higher-up guys at Milltown. And... Um, 
you know, talk about how things are going in Greenville. And we our other interview is with another Greenville fan, uh, Brad B, because I can't say his last name. Buckskowski. Yes. Um, we're going to talk with him as well just about what amateur soccer means to him and what on earth possessed him to give us $20 a month to do this podcast. <laughs> I still don't know. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for those. And uh, as our amateur season is coming to a close. But uh, thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. Bye.